Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Treehouse, episode 37. See how they roll with Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Very good morning to everybody. Here we go again with another three hours of fun for old and young without the slightest hint of vulgarity. And a very good morning to you, Lou Pepper, on the other side of town. Uh, and this is now, we're, we're a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. But I, got to, I was sitting here for 25 minutes, everyone. Don't like to tell tales out of school. Uh, and, and Lou wasn't to be seen. And we nearly went ahead. We were going to put in a call to Alice Moss, but we didn't quite get <laughs> that desperate. Uh, and uh, because you, you were you're pickling pineapples, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I've reached that stage of lockdown, everyone. I was pickling pineapple. Now, to be uh, fair, Simon walked out to the kitchen and went, what on earth are you doing? I, I'm pickling a pineapple because I fancy it for lunch and I need to do it now so it <laughs> gets the flavour. Beautiful. Well, you know, uh, were we a lesser show, we would now stop and, and, and Peps will tell you how to pick a pineapple. That, that's brilliant. Hang on, Peps pickling a pineapple. Peps Surely pickling that is, pineapples. That's a better one than Peter Piper. Anyway, <laughs> we, we can't get bogged down in this. There is much to be done. Mm. Much to be done today. Uh, uh, very quickly, I'll run through the um, other, other uh, things that have happened on this on this day as they say um this is the um it's it's today i have no, literally no idea put a gun to my head and say what day is it <laughs> i just scrolled for a few months there February, march no no we're april no, no we've gone april no we're april that's all anyway here in april this is all we know <laughs> uh, uh, friedrich thrill uh, who's got Easy for you to say. Yeah, Friedrich Froebel. Uh, it, 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 so it said, it invented the first kindergarten in 1837 oh. in a tremendous place, Bad Blankenberg. <laughs> Friedrich? <laughs> Hang on, let's give him the, his full title. What was his name? His name's Friedrich Froebel of Bad Blankenberg. Yes, uh, baby! I, I love it in, in, in Germany when they put bad in front of somebody. Anyway, it, it was bad, it was Blankenberg and his family moved there and it became Bad Blankenberg. And yet, because of I don't uh, stint on the research into this, which seems like froth. This seems like um, uh, inconsequential, but the, it, as we know, herein lies the gold. And then it said, uh, in 1816, Robert Owen uh, had opened the first, first, world's first nursery school in New Lanark, Scotland. So what's the difference between a nursery and a kindergarten? Kindergarten, of course, for those who don't speak fluent German like that, is children's garden. That's what it means. But uh, uh, it, if Robert Owen opened the world's first nursery in 1816, then it's Robert Owen. 
Yes, surely. Pipe down Is it just giving it the title? Because Americans call it kindergarten, so they're going to give him... Everyone does, except us. Because yeah. it's a nursery, and it's not a child's garden. Uh, but uh, I think it must have been called Blankenberg till Liar Fruebel turned up with his <laughs> claims to have invented nursery school, which he called kindergarten, which had already been open for 20 years in Scotland. The, the inventors, when you look at anything... Inventors. Scots, they don't like to boast. They don't. Word hadn't got out. Most things come out of there. Anyway, the whole point of kindergarten is uh, my daughter's a, if you will, a nursery school teacher. Some might say in Bad Bankenberg that it's uh, she's a, a kindergarten teacher. But the aims are, and they're stressed all over the world, confident individuals, responsible citizens, effective contributors, and successful learners. Now, if we don't adapt that for this the podcast, I don't know. <laughs> the effective contributors thing, we're working on. We'll get there. We'll get there with that one did you go to Saturday you're too young you didn't go to Saturday morning pictures did you Uh, no they might have still been running but no we we, it was a trip to Romford Market on a Saturday morning for us you're very lucky a hot dog from the stall in the market delicious Uh, the um uh, the, the, sometimes it's over romance Saturday morning pictures, which was a huge, let's not uh, underestimate, an enormous national thing. All the kids, never mind your kindergarten, probably Furrible says he invented that as well. <laughs> invented their, uh, where are we in? Uh, Montag, Dienstag, Mittwoch, uh, Freitag. I think it is Satatog. <laughs> bad Satatog. We're going with that. Yeah, he would go with that. And he invented that, he would have it. But I used to go, and the only reason I mentioned that, and the show starts in... We haven't done what I've planned to do already this morning. Um, uh, uh, we used to have a song that everyone used to sing before... Every pitcher's had its own song pitch. Oh, how yeah, charming. The, everyone used to sit there and, and sing the song. And the one for the Astoria, Old Kemp Road... Uh, I will. I'll, 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 I'll risk the copyright now of the Astoria Saturday Morning Pictures song. Here we go. I'm, it's come to this, everyone. What show is it, Peps? What number? 37. <laughs> 37. I'm singing. <laughs> Here we go. It goes. Uh, cut the background music because we haven't got this on the ball. And this is from memory. This is six, no, 55 years, it must be, at least. So here we go. We come along on Saturday morning, greeting everybody with a smile. We come along on Saturday morning, knowing that it's well worthwhile. As members of the Astoria Club, we all intend to be good citizens of London and members of the free. We come along on Saturday morning, greeting everybody with a smile. Smile, smile, greeting everybody with a smile. And then you're all supposed to turn and shake the hand of the person next to you. And then they said, now, ladies and gentlemen, a very bad print of a 1918 Little Rascals cartoon. <laughs> and that, take that, That's Philip Schofield. Thing. Bang! That was Saturday morning. That was your Saturday morning. And it I, was... th- I think we are lacking that. It is. I, it's, uh, I, I can't run through um, uh, the other things happened on this day, but one of the things is uh, the electric iron, the first electric iron, uh, the, the boon to every household mm. got patented. Uh, and uh, it, there's no big story behind that. I looked into it, but then I thought, you know, the, the, the electric iron, but the ironing board is as mundane a thing as you'll ever find, isn't it? Yes. The ironing board. As is awful. We need a new one. And beyond that, your ironing board cover. Now, now you're talking small. So I thought, I wonder if Amazon sells <laughs> ironing board of covers. Course. And I wonder if the good customers at Amazon ever deliver negative reviews 
of ironing board covers. Well, I'm happy to tell you before the show properly starts, yes, they do. And I can now bring you some of the actual negative reviews of ironing board covers on Amazon. And, uh, and they're, they're, they're plentiful if you want them, but I've tried to cherry pick. Okay, here's one. And these are all different products. It's not one. You can look up, the, I just took them from various, and there's plenty of ironing board covers. What's yours like, Peps? If it... Oh, dreadful. I, I, I'm in the market for a new one, so this is actually very useful information. Is it floral or is it some kind of Jackson Pollock design? Uh, no, it's blue with white spots on. On the... Um, uh, it's dreadful. It, it, it's not thick enough. It, is re- it, it genuinely is a bad ironing board cover. <laughs> You're stealing my thunder here. You, you surely haven't reviewed a few on here because it's exactly what they say. Now, our Instagram account, we know it's very busy on there, but if you'd like to post photographs of your ironing board cover, you can look <laughs> around. Take us in. <laughs> oh, please. Ironing board covers, that's it. The entire website given over to ironing board covers. Now we're, we're talking. Anyway, here's a few of them. Uh, this one is headlined peps on the thin side mm. i really like the color but the cover itself's a bit thin i bought another cover somewhere else and put it over the top so now i don't even see the color anymore my other colors one of the cover is one of those metallic shiny ones so the clothes slide over it much more freely okay so you ended up reviewing an ironing board cover that she didn't actually have uh, <laughs> and this uh, is this one is one star i gave it one star because it would not let me give zero this is the worst ironing board cover I have ever had in my life. That's, that's some vitriol. How bad can it be? As bad as this, this one is the next one. One, one star. What a disappointing cover. The thing is, it really smells awful, and it says not suitable for washing, wipe down only. So it will make all my washing smell of this stink. And when I iron the hot steam through it, it really comes up. It also says thick padding, but it's not. Now these, see people, who knew? People would get so... That's stinky, honey. I know, this stink comes up every time. Uh, this is, don't buy your, don't the headline, don't buy this if your ironing board is at the smallest width this claims to fit. Hello, I have a small ironing board, and while this claims to fit, it swamps it. That's all it is. That's all you've got on there. Her ironing board has been swamped. Uh, these are a couple of my favourites, both for the same ironing board. Uh, it says here, this really isn't any good. It's too small. You'd have to be three foot tall to use this. Above it, it's got, this ironing board's not much larger than a child's. It's all right if you want to sit down. I'm six foot and I have to bend down to use it. It's maximum height. It's got 10 adjustable clicks, but none of them work. It's tiny. Don't bother this unless you're a child. <laughs> she talked to that woman with her small one. This is an, this is obviously an ironing board, which I lapsed into, but the, <laughs> you can buy an ironing board and you get it home and it's tiny. It's a tiny little it's ironing dolly board. One. Uh, there's this one. Well, 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 that's how it begins. I've purchased items before from this company, and this one came as an unpleasant surprise. <laughs> Too thin, in capital letters right after it, and just a couple more. Uh, this one is headlined, Where is it now? This is a terrible ironing board cover. Where is it now? Down the tip. That's where it is. <laughs> Because we were all asking. Uh, we were all wondering. Uh, uh, this one's rather grand. I promise the show starts any second now. I'm no expert on ironing boards, but my wife is. And she tells me this one is not fit for purpose, a waste of money, and even used the word crap. <laughs> Why he's stepped into the breach to review it, I don't... Don't worry, love. I'll review this. I'll review this. And the very last ones, this is uh, all on the same ironing board cover. Uh, 
here we go. I don't know what I expected from a cheap cover, but this one really smells funny when ironing on it. This is a different ironing ball from the previous one, and it heats up to the point you think it's going to melt. Do not buy this product. Just below that. Avoid, avoid, avoid. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, uh, I wouldn't take this product for free if offered. It went straight into the bin when it arrived. <laughs> and the very last one, poor quality, no value for some. I received this today, and when I opened it, it was slightly torn at the end. But I'll tell you what, I'm in no mood to return it. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody, on Amazon for the Amazon for the Ironing Board Cover reviews. Now, what are we doing today, Peps? Uh, number one, the very first thing you can remember. Uh-huh. Meet, number two, meeting someone with your name or something like it. Mm-hmm. Number three, the greatest sandwich you've ever eaten. Number four, did this only happen at my school? And number five, where you were when you first heard a now famous song. Now, we've got wonderful uh, uh, contributions to those. Mm. And, uh, uh, without being ungrateful. And again, let's put that another way. Being ungrateful. Uh, a lot of people reply on Twitter, which I don't see because I, um, I don't have a phone and uh, uh, I only see people. Well, mentions are a mess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of that. But uh, I, I, I winkled a few out here, but um, we've got plenty on each of those. So email is the way. I know it's dreadfully probably old-fashioned and clunky now, but uh, the email is always the way. Uh, give us something you've got, Peps. Well, this is uh, Best Sandwich Ever. This is from <laughs> uh, Stephen. This is the story of the best sandwich ever. It was a one-off and never-to-be-repeated sandwich encounter and deeply embedded in my childhood memories. And that's why I know for certain it was the best sandwich that ever there was or indeed ever will be, and you will never convince me otherwise. On a school trip to Alton Towers in 1985, I made the, in retrospect, surprising decision to take my packed lunch onto the log flume. <laughs> we once had a call. Uh, the subject pet was, um, "Is it possible to eat and drink in the shower?" And a couple oh. of people said, "Yeah, you can." Where we've got a yeah, somebody they going with a cup of coffee and they've got a special shelf, not the oh no, and it's over there. And I believe that somebody said they ate a sausage roll in the shower once oh, after a football match. Can't be doing with it. Anyway, taking it on the log flume. Go on. Here we are. Naturally, with four mischievous seven-year-old schoolboys on board, the lunch got absolutely deluged in flume water on the big drop at the end. (laughs) An hour later, and somewhat fearful about what would be waiting for me, I opened my packed lunch and discovered a Mattison's Poloni and Branston pickle combo in between two slices of Mighty White. Not an atypical sandwich for me. Mum was a big fan of smoked sausage. But this time, it had been soaked through with icy, dirty flume water. Naturally, I considered not eating it, but in pangs of hunger and urged on by the mischievous schoolboys, I took the plunge just as my sandwich had done an hour earlier. It was the single most delicious sandwich experience (laughs) that has ever passed my lips. The Louis Pasteur of the sandwich. The bread had fused with the polonium pickle in a spongy globule of pure delight. The rest of the day was fun, but no roller coaster could match up to what I'd been through, and there were no seemingly lasting side effects from the filthy water. Mm-hmm. I have never tried and never will repeat this experiment, and some things are best left in memory. But the thought of that sandwich will stay with me until my dying day. Wow. That is why it is unquestionably the best sandwich ever. You see, it takes a certain uh, constitution to look at it covered in dirty flume water <laughs> uh, and then say, yeah, I could still eat that. I could still eat That's that. That's a seven-year-old uh, what was boy the, what for was, you. What, what was the, uh, um, what was the uh, filling again? Uh, polonium pickle. 
bologna and pickle, uh, bologna and pickle, uh, and uh, that kind of sandwich with dirty flume water. I don't know. I mean, I haven't got no contacts at Pratt. But if that was on the shelf, particularly if it had a strap line now with added polio, then I think, um, I believe he could be onto something. By the way, uh, for the first time ever, having announced it at the top, we're changing the name of the show. Uh, <gasps> any producers who may be eavesdropping on us, we're changing the name of the show right now to Dirty Flume Water Sandwich. That's a great name for a show. Mm. Dirty Flume Water sandwich as there's not even a band name that is just okay. good well i've got one at the other end of the scale and this uh i, I did indulge in a certain correspondence with a, a few people a couple mm. of women on uh, twitter because uh, they backed right up with this why do you look so shocked <laughs> here's the phrase i got into a correspondence with a couple of women on twitter it's undone a few a few other but I, yeah, I, I, I believe so but on this on this dread subject it's worth uh, gendering it that way because you might think it's a blokey thing but uh, the let this original letter came from uh, tim we said in the 80s, myself and my two young teenage brothers occasionally stayed at our grandmother's on a Saturday night in Leeds. My grandmother was a formidable woman who held court with relatives and neighbours in her morning room with a large Gordon's gin and a supersized silk cut in her hand. She had the habit of cooking Sunday dinner on a Saturday night. So when my granddad got home from the pub, he could have a hot meat sandwich before bed. We sometimes did too. That's a lot. Listen to this. Nana Barkley would go into the kitchen on Saturday night, pull the foil back from the roast beef, dip white bloomer bread in the meat juices, hack off the edges of the seasoned rib with a blunt knife, put the meat on the bread, grab a good pinch of salt from the salt jar, sprinkle it on top, close the lid of the sandwich and serve. It is the greatest single sandwich I have ever eaten. The tradition carried on a few years until time took its toll on her, by which time we were having to supplement sausages with the Sunday dinner as we'd polish off so much of the beef on a Saturday <laughs> night. Now, a Sunday... Oh. Brilliantly written, Tim, by the way, and it does make you... That's a sandwich, ain't it? Oh, got and a Sunday dinner sandwich. Uh, uh, forgive me, the oh, women, yes. on, women I was talking to on Twitter. They said, yeah, and there was a couple of dissenting voices, strangely, from fellas saying, well, you put your Sunday dinner in a sandwich. Surely all civilised people agree what? on that. One of my one what I was going to submit as one of my greatest sandwiches was when um, uh, I was doing the travel news on Five Live when we were at broadcast and uh, um, TV Centre. I had to work mm. Boxing Day once, <sighs> and I, leaving like my parents' house at six o'clock in the morning to mm. go into a you know real dread horror in our house working over Christmas. Mm. And um, when I got to dad, as I left the house, my dad said, "I've put your lunch in your bag." And when I got to work, my dad had made a Christmas sandwich, Brilliant. a Christmas lunch sandwich for me. There's no better sandwich than that. Sitting in an empty office, eating a sandwich with roast potatoes and turkey and chipolatas in it. Oh, we generally did. We didn't think anything of it. In fact, one of my favourite lines from all sitcom history, it was in the follow-up to Porridge, called Going Straight, when Ronnie Barker gets out. It didn't last very long. Uh, and uh, he, on his first uh, episode, I think, his daughter is cooking, because I think his wife had passed on or left him or something and he was with his daughter and she came into the front room and just as the kind of throwaway line that Clement and the Frenet can do like breathing in and out she walked into the front room and she went oh dad I hate cooking for you everything I make you put in a sandwich now that is exactly how our family was raised everything is a potential sandwich well that's what it did used to be a bit 
trepidatious when you went to school if dad had been in charge of sandwiches because my brothers before now had got at school bolognese sandwich that dad had just gone was in the fridge or baked bean and cold chicken perfectly reasonable serviceable sandwich baked bean and cold chicken that that's been known before as well i've been to bologna i've been to bologna i've had i've had bolognese in bologna and by the way always open is our uh, correspondence if you've ever been to sandwich on the south coast and had a sandwich if you've had a sandwich in sandwich (laughs) if you've drunk champagne in champagne if you've eaten pizza in pizza i have eaten bolognese in bologna uh and the one they're, they're very good it's very very good uh wendy's in the next room so i keep my voice down <laughs> you know bend at the need to know one in making and yet the one step they didn't take they forgot about a couple of slices of bread with that please absolutely a bolognese sandwich why wouldn't you uh one of the other subjects we're doing i believe is uh people who have a name exactly the same as yours you've mm. got some of the same name or you uh something very very like it and uh before we move on to those if you've got any there perhaps i've got one here uh this they, they turn out to be mind-boggling uh i can't see who sent this on twitter i think you you forwarded it perhaps it says one my wife lorraine bisco in maternity uh, was next to elaine bisco whose <gasps> husband was called neil bisco and i'm neil bisco and we now have children called hayley bisco no <laughs> yes it is unbelievable that lorraine bisco went into maternity so when you do or tomorrow me and all i'm lorraine bisco by the way I'm Lorraine. You're joking. Oh, my God. What's the chance of that? Wait till Neil gets it. Neil? Unbelievable. <laughs> so when they both had girls, oh, what are you going to call yours? We can't break the spell. And they both called them Hayley. That is, that's not just coincidence. That is extraordinary. What have you got there, Peps? This is um, things that are only done at my school. This is Oh, yeah, these are good. Martin. Mm-hmm. While attending Sir John Cass Primary School in, Il- in Aldgate in the 60s, we had a pr- particularly memorable ceremony on Founders Day. We had to wear a red feather on our blazer to remember the day Sir John Cass died. Wait for it. It denoted his last hours when he was found dead with a writing quill in his hand, which had been stained red from the blood dripping from his mouth. Wow. Quite disturbing for a young lad when you think about it, but we did get an early day and an apple to go home with. (laughs) Wow, a red fe- they've all given red feathers, which are hard to source anyway. Very hard to source. And then that magnificent backstory to it. I bet they want a grain Gripping of truth in it. blood on a feather. I bet they want a grain of truth in it. I bet all the <laughs> teachers in the start said, why do we give this feather out? Got me. Leave it to me, fellas. I've got a good backstory here. This is from uh, Mark, locked down in North Shields. My school, Comprehensive, was built on the land previously occupied by a stately home. That got bulldozed in the 1960s. What remained of the previous tenant was the lake. So during my time at school, many items and many people went into that lake. Let me list some of the things that I can remember going in. One, several first years and their bags. Two, the art department's entire supply of paper. Three, the chemistry department's lab coats. Four, an unpopular teacher's red open-topped MG car. Yep, the handbrake was mysteriously released one day and the car rolled down the hill from the teacher's car park into the watery fate. I remember being locked in the PE department with the rest of my class as they fished a dead body out as well. Oh! Or so the tallest member of our form said as he looked out through the high-changing room window. 
Mind you, he had a reputation for embroidering the truth and once claimed to be mates with all of Jethro Tull. At the end of every school year, the teachers made us empty the litter out of whatever desk we were sitting at. A year's worth of crisp packets, tissues and chewing gum had to be then be taken by hand to the school's incinerator. Nice. Now, those are pretty unique, I'd say. Each wow. Every hey. one of those. One more, Peps. OK, and, and then uh, we have to go to an ad break. So we shall do Susan. How long have we been talking then? Mm, 20 minutes. Have we? Yes. Have you heard other podcasts? <laughs> They spend the first ten minutes going, "How are you? Are you? Oh yeah, oh don't." And, and, and like they like like the very fag ends of a Frankie Howard speech. They sound, "Don't shut up." Anyway, what's that you're wearing? A lot of that. Oh mate, how you doing? It, no, how you doing? Twenty minutes of. I think that's the end of the show. And plenty of entertainment. Plenty of entertainment. Go on, Peps. Well, I'll give you Susan. Um, your conversation about budgies named Joey triggered some <laughs> memories. My childhood parakeet, which was the US version of having a budgie was called Wilbur. Uh, oh, very popular name, name, I understand. His favourite spot was my shoulder and he would attempt to eat a freckle on my ear, which to him looked oh. like birdseed. <laughs> he also had a bell, and I'd forgotten this, he had a bell which was originally covered in birdseed. They did, didn't they? They used to have yes, the they did. They chunky... the bird, the birdseed bell, of course it was. And of course, a cuttlefish lashed to the side of the cage. Mm. Yes. <laughs> However, I digress. My mother took charge of my great aunt's bird, which was a yellow parakeet, when my auntie went into care. Great aunt Nance had Dickie Boy from being hatched. She, she read to him from the start, and he had his own books. As a result, he spoke quite quick, clearly, and would say things like, give me a big sweet kiss. And where's Julie, my mother's name? Where's Bill, my dad's name? Dickie Boy pretty much had the flight of the house and on most mornings would sit on my dad's shoulder while he shaved and talked to him. Shortly after the birth of our son, my mum came over from North Carolina to help in the first few days with the newborn. Newborn. Dad and Dickie Boy managed on their own for a couple of weeks and Dickie Boy sat on my dad's shoulder and asked, Where's Julie? <laughs> my dad carried on shaving and said, Gone to see the baby. A couple of days later, Dad said to the bird, Where's Julie? And the bird said, No. She's gone to see the baby. <laughs> <laughs> they became very attached to Dickie Boy, more than they'd ever expected, and he had quite a few adventures, much like the time he escaped the house while out of his cage. <laughs> now, Susan's really let us down here because she just says, thanks to the local radio station's help, he made it back safe and sound. Well, more, Susan. plenty more than that. was absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Julie. Uh, Susan, sorry, I've called her Julie. Susan. I do apologise, Susan. Her mother was The great John Lenahan used to say, if you ever make a mistake... Uh, with someone's name, always remember the words of Jesus in the Bible. When he said, in the Bible, Jesus says, Peter, I shall call you Simon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So there, there is historical precedent for that. Right. We are going to take a break. This very swift one before we go, before I forget it. And it's apropos of the last two uh, things that only seem to happen to your school. Jacob gets in touch and says, just leave you with this. My primary school's pet was a peacock. Also from something else. Mel Gedroich is quilting. Listen to Mel and good friend Andy Bush as they learn a great new skill and tell some brilliant stories, all whilst having some good, wholesome fun. In a nutshell, I took a pair of scissors and I went into my husband's wardrobe. Now, this comes from a shirt that I bought him that I know he doesn't like. So I'm testing him. By, <laughs> uh, uh, this is brilliant. Yeah, by finding out 
when he discovers Amazing. that the shirt has got a big patch out of the back of it. Wow, and which area of the shirt is this taken from? Bottom right. OK. <laughs> Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all good podcast apps. Good morning, everybody. It's the Danny Baker Show. Radiating out across the airwaves. Come the sunshine or the rain, come aboard the Danny train. We'll kick our slippers off and throw our cares away. What better thing to do than have a jolly jape or two? Don't touch that dial, there's nowhere else to go. Come and join a happy session, wave ta-ta to the recession on the Danny Baker Show. Take it away, Danny. And we're back, and and the, the last thought was, of course, this school that had a, a turkey, not a turkey, uh, a peacock. <laughs> a, a turkey. <laughs> the thought of a turkey makes me laugh. I don't know. Maybe I'll get giddy in this room. Uh, but they had a peacock, which, of course, is. And I'm not one for the, you know, overbearing health and safety, not the overweening uh, HNS. But um, uh, peacocks are the most vicious birds, as as my nephew Harry. He must be 15 now. Uh, Harry was attacked by a peacock when he was four oh. in a pub garden, yeah, and, and it split his lip open. all the heat, but it's peacocks. Oh, it's peacocks. Uh, they attacked him, and he um, and he wears... You know the Harry Potter thing on his forehead? He's got mm. it over his lip. And it, 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 no, it, from the peacock! It doesn't. Uh, so the, uh, that's all that we said about peacocks being let in school. Just one before we continue here, perhaps. Hmm. Uh, Again, another thing I wrote down, and, and, and I've had a couple. Don't look at me like that. And it took me a while to think, what's that? What is that? What, is, is that a doodle? No, no it isn't. Uh, dandelions, right? Mm-hmm. Which are, are said to be a weed. Uh, yes, I like the a scourge of the garden. My parents hate them. They're, they're a very pleasant flower. They're lovely. They're like marigolds. They're lovely little things. I think the dandelion. Um, uh, did you? Oh, they're not the ones that have the hair like um, uh, Phil Spector in court. Not those. I'm talking about the the ones. <laughs> when that they are, bloomed, yeah. The orange ones. We used to call those dandelions, but they're not, are they? Um, uh, oh, I you, think they are. Did you call them wet the bed? I was about to say what old wet the beds. The wet the bed. I said wet the bed in the week, and I've got to say everyone under the age of fifty went. Hey. <laughs> With what wet the beds? No, 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 no. my daughter thought I'd lost, lost my mind. I said, wet the beds. And of course, Wendy came out to confirm that the old boy hadn't lost his grip. They are indeed called wet the beds. Colloquial names for things. We may look into that in the future. Now, uh, we're just about to play the vinyl golden shot, and I have a huge announcement to make about it. Oh, okay. Uh, a, a I'm not aware of this announcement. announcement. Uh, well, because there was the catastrophe on the last one when I knocked over the microphone. And to be absolutely yes. honest, I cannot move more than two feet from where we are because my headphones fly off. And then, as far as I know, you've all gone and I'm still playing the game on my own in a little room in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, here's the thing. Uh, we're only going to play it on a Friday now. It's going to be on the Friday. Uh, okay. It's going to be when the violence... This week, Friday will be the first Friday one. And on Tuesday, I'm coming up with a brand new game. Oh. Maybe championships again. Yeah. I think you've got to differentiate these shows. Okay. So, uh, uh, so here, uh, even though we're only three in, is I believe the very last person to play on Tuesday, and people will remember note this day. Oh, no. Possibly a red feather will be given to everyone. Uh, uh, but here comes Christine, who is the last Tuesday contestant for. Wow. Uh, well, no, no, it's a it's a what heavy an honor. Well, heavy oh, responsibility. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome, Christine. Thank you so much for being there. Thank uh, you for having me. <laughs> not at all. Oh, man, believe it or not, with the beads of sweat, but this time last night when we said we've got no one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're the last Tuesday competitor. Well. And, uh, and if gender's anything to go by here, you, you're the only real worry that Anne, who's currently in front with 330 pounds. Oh, uh, I know, I know. The fellas <laughs> have been no good at this. They, they think they can see the records, Christine, is what it is. <laughs> Uh, Christine, if you had, what, what's going to happen is I sit in my record room, I'll run my finger along this shelf here. Yep. There are 11,000 albums here and in front of me about 6,000 singles. And I point my finger and of course, Christine can't see. And like, she'll guide me up, down, left, right until she says fire. I'll pull whatever album she was pointing at at the time. And we add up the accumulative uh, vinyl, uh, well, uh, uh, worth of them because it's all worth money now. If, if you had to choose just for the favourites here, uh, Christine, what yeah. would you like to pull out of the ranks? Oh, now, me and my husband, uh, we we were researching this last night, and oh, he he wants um, the pack King of Kings, which I've never heard of, no. and I, I wanted something sort of like uh, some sort of Smith's rarity. Um, oh, well, there um, are there are indeed Smith's rarities in it, both ah. single and little people. Uh, right. Uh, the, 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 the thing is, your husband, the tenor knows an app, wretch, he won't come on and do it. He pushes you forward. <laughs> oh, you know, no. He, he, I, I, bet, I bet he does. I bet he pushes you out of the house with a broom when you go shopping these days. <laughs> Bring back something good from Tesco's. <laughs> 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 but So take no notice of whatever obscurity he's tried to... Uh, the Smith, did you, ever see, did you ever see the Smiths? I didn't. I, I'm slightly too young. Um, I have seen Morrissey, though. Have you? Mm, uh, that's replete with all kinds of... I know, I know, I know, uh, sadly. <laughs> yeah, but even so, uh, um, uh, I never saw the Smiths, and, and, and I had uh, I could have done many, many times. I, I came to them rather late and then dropped them again. Uh, and, and secondary on that, is there anyone else uh, apart from uh, something good by the Smiths? Ooh, I was thinking maybe something by Echo and the Bunnymen. Oh, I can see oh. exactly where you are, exactly where your generation lies now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'll be honest with you, uh, 80s uh, vinyl in here, but there's some of it, a scattering yeah. of but there's probably more from the 1930s. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there's unlucky, I think. No, 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 you're not going to be unlucky because it's not about personal taste. That's just the dressing <laughs> around it. It is about the value of the records that you uh, pick out. Now, what I'll do, and also here's the reason why we're only going on Fridays, I've got to rearrange this room. I don't know about you, Christian. I thought this lockdown had last a fortnight. I thought, well, I'll be out of here again. Uh, and and it, it's, it's, it's tight in here anyway, without a desk and microphones. And as well, How about this, Christine, when you keep saying, is this, are you going to keep doing that show for long? Because I've only got five kitchen chairs out here. Because I... <laughs> Yeah, what's in my record room? Uh, but uh, anyway, Christine, uh, I'll start on the Smith side. Right? Okay. Uh, mm. uh, and all you've got to do is guide my finger and then say fire, and then a yep. tremendous sound effect of Wilbur uh, popping balloons play. Oh, yes. I'll tell yep. you what you've got. Now, here's, see, if I put this chair outside... Hold on. Hold on. Oh, if you could see what I can see, Christine. Leave all this in, <laughs> Phil. This is all good. One minute. I'm going to put my chair outside, because that was the problem last week. Oh, that is a nice chair. Right. You'll hear Wendy in a minute saying, uh, Have you finished? <laughs> <laughs> Can't keep sitting up here every bleeding Tuesday and Friday. Um, uh, I'll be as quick as I can. <laughs> no, 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 not you. That's it. Here, we're done again. See, all that, that's the gold. Right, here we go. Uh, I'm standing in front of the R to Zs, pretty much. All down this side. Christine, in your own time, I'm pointing. Guide my finger. Okay, uh, right a bit. 
down a bit. Yeah. Left a bit. Up a bit. And fire. <laughs> you, and I'm jo not joking, you were about an inch and a half away from the Smiths. I'm not joking. <laughs> I was really trying to visualise it. <laughs> and you'll hear when... You, what the LP you've got here is... Oh, this is... You've done very well. It's an album by uh, Otis Spann. Right, the blues, yeah, he might he might know Otis Spann, why do you giggly? Otis Spann made this album on Deran, I think in nineteen sixty-eight. It's Ooh. called Cracked Spannerhead. And it's a kind of psychedelic album he made. I'm saying, because it's in mint condition, this is worth hundred and twenty pounds. Now Ooh. had you gone to the Smiths, you'd have been 30, 40 quid. Because you uh. see, with the SP, you see Otis Spann, had you gone a little yep. bit more, you'd have been S. M. Smiths. But uh, oh. anyway, that's I'm happy with that. That's 120 quid. By the way, this is purely for entertainment purposes. No money or vinyl changes hands. Okay. <laughs> and now to the other side. Here we go okay. again. I'm pointing. Go. Left a bit. Up. Up. Oh. Right a bit. Go on. Down. Uh. Right a bit. And fire. Oh, my, you're doing very well. This is a mint-condition copy of the first Cream album. Jack Bruce, no. Jamaica, and Eric Clapton Cream, absolutely mint-condition <gasps> on the Reaction label, not even a crease on the cover. I'm going to say that's £150, and that might be conservative. You are already our bald leader. Yes, you are. Oh, no, I knew it was no, going to no, be no, a good no, day. No, no, no. She's, Hang on, 100, 270. you've got 120 and 150. Oh. 270. Oh, 270. Maybe I'm... Actually, I'm, 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 I'm do apologise to Wayne, but that might be too conservative for this. I'm going to go... Uh, 175 and 120 on that. I sound like the bloke in Cheapo. Cheapo used to be... Anyway, but, uh, so you are at 295. <gasps> now, you need a single worth yep. about 40 or 50 quid, of which there are quite a few here, and you mm. will be the team leader. OK. <laughs> Sounds like we've got a game. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm pointing straight ahead of me here, Christine. Uh, uh, the best of luck, and off you go. OK. Left a bit. Up. Left a bit, down, right a bit, down a bit, and fire. <laughs> well, that, that wasn't a bad go. If you'd have carried on it, we were just getting to the Bowie stuff. Oh, no! <laughs> it's, 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 the Bowie stuff is where the, 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 the money is. Uh, uh, this is a copy of A Whole Lot of Love by Led Zeppelin. Now, it's a, it's a Mexican copy of it. <laughs> It is. It's a lot of Pepsi. You can see there's a Mexican copy of yes. uh, Old Love by Led Zeppelin in a picture sleeve. I'm thinking, uh, I'm going to say that's, that's 40 quid, and I think that brings you dead level with Anne. And I'm not with doing... uh, me and Anne, that, that'll do me fine. Yep. That's it. That, the that girls means... have done well. Now you have. That is brilliantly done. You've got the Otis Span album, which is called <laughs> A Crack Spannerhead. You've got the first Cream album, Mint Condition. And Led Zeppelin's Mexican copy of Whole Lot of Love uh, in a picture. Thing. Yeah, you're 330 quid. I think it puts you a ahead. The what? Because you said 175 for Cream. Did I? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm downgrading that to 170. Uh, OK, cool. That's no, neat. Did I say 175? Well, you went up from a 150. You were dithering. Then there it is, Christine, you're in front. Oh, wow. Well, that's what I that, said. I can't I change that. I couldn't wish for more during lockdown. That is, it's made my two months, I think. <laughs> What's the best concert you ever went to, Christine? 
Best concert? Oh my gosh. Um, there's a couple ACDC, uh, The Cure, um, Inspiral Carpet. Man, I love yeah. Well, there's a lot of, you know, in our production team, there's a lot of people nodding along with that. And, you know, <laughs> how, comes, how comes all the women I went out have said, why do you like these funny records? Uh, but there it is. Uh, well done, Christine. And you, Christine, are not only the last Tuesday player of it, you are now the team and board leader. Bravo, Christine. Fantastic. Thank you, thank you Danny. Uh, no, thank you, Pat. And thank you, Phil. Thank you very, oh, thank you very much indeed. Wasn't that bye something? Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much indeed. Now I'm going to do the whole rest of the show in a kind of squatting position because I put the chair outside, haven't I? That was quite <laughs> well, exciting. I've got a long one. It, shall I start it while you... No, because what you're going to hear is, is something like, you know, rem- removal men getting the suits of armour out of the Tower of London. So I, I'm, I'm all right here. I'm all right. I can, I can, I've, I've broadcast standing up many, many times. Continue, Peps, anyway. This is from Graham and it's um, what, it was things you found out about your neighbour. So he says, it turns out to be on the FBI 10 Most Wanted. <laughs> Graham, 20, 20 years ago or so, I lived with a mate in Hampton Wick and Friday night we strolled out for a few pints. Hampton Wick, while tiny, was blessed with four pubs within about 200 yards from each other. The only one we avoided was the railway, which was a bit tired and to our clueless mid-20-something eyes frequented by old men. <laughs> When we went into the Foresters, we learnt that the railway had a new landlord who changed it up a bit. And it was indeed different. When we walked in, an airy point, pint, paint job even, cold fizzy continental lagers on tap, a CD jukebox and a brightly lit pool table with nobody on it. This, this was right everyone, up our street. everyone in lockdown there, they're all saying, oh, pubs, pubs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my mate had a grand old time with a jukebox, uninterrupted use of a pool table and nice beers. The inevitable dread of last orders soon lumbered into view and we presented ourselves at the bar 30 seconds before last bell to get two pints each, hoping against hope there'd be a lock-in. As last drinks were drunk and the clock was showing 11.45, nobody had left and a bloke at the end of the bar was waiting to buy a drink. Oh, I'll have a go, I thought. The bar lady had left and been replaced by a wiry tanned man with a crashingly unfashionable large moustache like General Custer. Mm. He was smoking a sizeable cigar, more like chomping it like a big old sausage. This was the <laughs> new landlord. My other bloke got around, no problem, and in here came my turn with the new landlord. He, sh- he cheerfully inquired in a strong, moider American accent, What can I get you, buddy? Not only were we getting illicit drinks, but the landlord was a yank. <laughs> I stumbled to two to Cronenbergs, please, and then jerked my head towards the clock. What, your licensing pause? He said, took a drag on his cigar. I don't abide by him. Wow. He calmly served me my pints and did the thing I'd only seen on US films of pushing them forward on folded paper napkins and putting the glasses on top. He called himself John Stryker and asked what I thought of the joint. Now he'd done it up. Great, I said, and walked off. When we left at 1am, there were still people cracking on. Good old John Stryker ran it very successfully with a continued cheerful flagrance of any laws regarding hostelries for three years. Then he disappeared. We then heard he's on remand in Wandsworth after being caught trying to get a gun licence with false ID. <laughs> Further investigation revealed he wasn't John Stryker, but Nofio Pecoro Jr. On the run from the FBI in Louisiana, wow. Louisiana for money laundering involving the mafia. 
he was extradited, convicted and put away. And his, his story in The National showed him smooth-faced without his extravagant moustache. By the way, did you recognise his alias? It's John Wayne's character in The Sands of Iwo Jima. Is it? I thought it was that uh, the old police chief. Wasn't that John Stryker as well? The police chief we had called that name, ironically. Uh, another time we'll go into the old ins and outs of getting a late drink. But uh, I pictured him looking like Jimmy Edwards in that. Uh, the, the, the great publican. Uh, well, the, he played a publican. He wasn't a publican. And, of course, the headmaster, Jimmy Edwards. Uh, it's a couple of years before we finish. How about this? Oh, hang on. Oh, look at that. Found one of the dog's towels. I can kneel on that. Here we go. Oh, I know, I've been looking for that as well. Here we go. Uh, good job, uh, a previous caller, Christine, didn't sleep, saying, down, down, down. Christine, you won one of the towels we wipe the dogs down in when it's raining. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is um, uh, from What Have You Slept Through? And then I've got a couple of, um, just, uh, I don't know if you've got one there, perhaps, of mm. the very first thing you remember. Anyway, I cannot find who this is from. It got locked off the email, I think, so apologies. But uh, this, this is how it runs. He goes, I've always been very keen on aeroplanes. It's not the coolest hobby, so it takes a while before unleashing this fact on any prospective partners. About two years into one relationship, I decided the time was right to reveal my nerdy hobby. She didn't run a mile, and instead offered to come along with me to an air show that weekend, the prestigious Royal International Air Tattoo at RAF Cottesmore. Excitedly, as we drove halfway across the country to Rutland, I told her all the treats she had to look forward to. Naturally, you had your red arrows, a Spitfire or two, but this year, top of the shop, a German Air Force F-4 Phantom. For those not versed in the ways of the plane spotter, the Phantom was a beast of a jet fighter. It was built like a tank with two enormous jet engines. As far as air show turns go, this was one not to be missed. It flew around 2 p.m. in the afternoon. The sun was shining. The air of anticipation was palpable as it roared into the air. And I mean roared. It was at this moment another sound, nearly as loud, caught my attention. As the phantom tore the Rutland skies up, a very distinct snoring was coming from beside me. For the entirety of the phantom display, and for at least the next hour of equally noisy jets, this girl slept through the lot. Easily done, you might think? Well, thanks to YouTube, you can look up what the F-4 Phantom Air Force German jet sounds like and just how loud this thing was. <sighs> Needless to say, didn't last. <laughs> she fell a kid <laughs> at the air show with a jet engine roaring. A jet engine roaring. Any of those you got, please, the subjects remain open. Give a thank over there, Peps. This is uh, someone with your name or very like it. In 2004, this is from Andy. In 2004, after transferring to Norfolk Constabulary from West Midlands Police, I arrived for my first day on duty at Great Yarmouth Police Station. I'd got there early to make a good impression and parking my car outside, another vehicle pulled up behind. We both got out of our cars and I thought it best to introduce myself as a new boy. Surprisingly, when I explained it was my first day, he said it was his first day on shift as well. I introduced myself as Andy and he said, Oh, I'm Andy too. I smiled and said, oh, I'm Andy Smith. And he said, yes, I'm Andy Smith. Cool. Yes, you've guessed it. Two Andy Smiths starting on the same team in the same town on the same day. Carnage ensued. Emails were sent to the wrong Andy. We returned calls <laughs> to people we had no knowledge of. I don't know if it was a lack of options or someone within HR was just having a laugh. 
Andy Smith. I mean, there's, I, I dare say you could throw a rock out that window there and you'd hit an Andy <laughs> Smith. Uh, so that obviously ups the ante, or Andy, a little bit. Uh, and uh, now it's meeting two, I think, people with the same name. Yes, two. Uh, if there had been three or four Andy Smiths, I'd, then uh, perhaps I'd have been impressed more. Uh, this, the last show, and we're coming to the end of this one now. Uh, this uh, story, it was it, apropos what the last one ended with, Norman Wisdom. Oh. The reaction, thank you very much, to the Norman Wisdom story. Not our doing, it was the correspondent. Uh, but John Moore says, I've just finished Zesto, which is the name of the last show, with, the fact that with this story about Norman Wisdom. I've got another short story about him I hope you'll like. Around the early 2000s, I was a sales rep and called on the Isle of Man once a year to see a customer at the Jerby Water Gardens. Oh, what did he sell? Anyway, possibly sandwiches from the top of the show. Anyway, uh, who told me this short story. Norman would visit their garden centre from time to time throughout the summer months, and on sunny days, he would get his assistant to drive him right into the grounds. Norman would walk into the shop, go straight up to the freezer, pick up an ice cream and take it to the till. He would always complain about the price. And then he would walk to the far end of the garden centre with the owner's dogs following him. Then he'd sit on the bench and feed the whole ice cream to the dogs, wipe his hands, get up and walk out without even saying goodbye. He'd be back the next week. How about that? You just oh. ice cream for dogs on hot days. Now we might have people getting like, oh, don't give dogs ice cream. The dogs weren't complaining. And as far as I know, they live long and happy lives. But just to invoke that lovely, uh, beautiful, enveloping oh. that the Norman Wisdom did, the great Simon Blackwell gets in touch on the subject of the very first thing he can remember. And he says, in a pushchair, being pushed along a Battersea street by my mum, I was wearing a plastic toy policeman's helmet. When walking towards us, I saw a policeman, a little nervous, but when he reached us, he stopped in front of me. He very solemnly looked at me, saluted and carried on. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, that's true. Isn't that? There, there you go. And that's the, oh. that's it. We, we, said, we tend to end a little fuzzy these we days. We are. <laughs> Well, you know, in these strange times, as everyone says. Exactly. Well, there's there's another one uh, torn out the air. Thank you very much indeed, uh, everybody, for being with us. And uh, I, I don't like to give away any planning, <laughs> but the very first of the Friday uh, vinyl uh, golden shots begins on Friday, and we have to, to launch this uh, August. Uh, we have a very special guest playing it. We have a very special guest playing it, and uh, he'll be with us on Friday. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that hint went over anyone's head. But yeah, we'll be playing up, please. Left here. I'll be the judge of that. We'll be playing the very first uh, Friday instalment, which you hear on a Saturday. In the meantime, start the theme tune, Phil. One, two, three, four. Climb up, come in. Let's cozy down. Wave goodbye to that silly frown as we chase our cares away. In the the fire's on, it's warm inside We guarantee you'll be satisfied As we laugh the day away In the dream Take it away, Danny! Always do, Wisby. To the great Louise Napoleon Pepper across town joining me. Of course, Phil Wilding, Josh and everybody over there at Something Else for giving us this platform. But as always, chiefly yourselves. Stay well, everyone. See you Saturday. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.